folks, welcome back to the Switched Podcast, the only show that can go from talking about Nintendo games one week uh, to talking about a struggle with the human condition the next, and then bounce right back into talking about gaming like nothing ever happened. Uh, this week I got a fun one for you guys. Today we're going to talk about fan projects. This could be any sort of like mod, uh, upgrade, uh, remake for any video game uh, made by fans, and I have lots of these uh, sort of in my backlog of games that I've loved to play over the years. Um, and recently, when I was looking into some new ones, I felt inspired to make this uh, this podcast episode because of some of the quality uh, fan projects that have released recently. So I'm going to talk about those today. Uh, it should be a riot. It should be a gaff. It should be a goof. Um, let's just jump right into it. So recently, I was scrolling through a list of open source video games on Wikipedia, um, because I felt nostalgia for, um, like, OpenMW, which is an engine remake for Morrowind, uh, OpenTTD, which is Transport Tycoon Deluxe, uh, Open Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, and all these other, like, open source games. I used to play so many of these fan-made open source remakes of games back when I was first getting into PC gaming, because what was really great about them is they could run at high resolutions but still not tax my computer enough so i could play like all these classic games but in hd still um on my old computer setup and have a lot of fun doing it and i experienced a lot of classic games this way like i played doom through gz doom uh i played morrowind through open morrowind uh i played uh transport tycoon deluxe like i said with open ttd uh, and of course, I played Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 through Open Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. Um, and these are all great games. And I was just thinking about them a lot the other day. So I was scrolling through that Wikipedia article and I discovered a couple new ones um, along with some other fan projects that were really interesting as well. So I wanted to talk about some of my favorites today. Uh, and this first one is The Sims. Uh, the Sims has an interesting community. Um, it's sort of split up between people who refuse to play Sims 4 and people who live and breathe Sims 4. Um, and I'm sort of somewhere in the middle. I have some of the expansion packs for Sims 4, um, and I have all of the expansion packs for Sims 3, but I really don't play Sims 3 that much. If I want to play The Sims these days, I just boot up Sims 4. Um, but back in the day, I was a die-hard Sims 1 fan. Um, and I actually, one of my favorite things I have in my collection of video games is a copy of The Sims Complete Collection, which is this red case uh, disc bundle that has all the DLC for The Sims on one disc. And it's really awesome, and I found it in a Half Price Books um, when I was visiting Madison, Wisconsin on a vacation. It was such a good pickup. I picked up so many great games during that trip, but that's a story for another day. Um, but I love The Sims 1, I love The Sims 2, I used to play them so much on my old computer, um, and I discovered recently that uh, the now debunked um, Sims Online, which was an MMO version of The Sims 1 that was available to play for a little while, uh, had a fan-made continuation engine rewrite uh, called FreeSO, which is basically Free Sims Online, um, and it sort of lets you download uh, Sims Online and play it on modern servers that are still running and you can sort of experience what that Sims Online uh, gameplay was like back in the early 2000s. Um, and the amount of code they had to put in to make this work was quite a bit. 
Um, but now that it's up and running, it's really a really good way to play The Sims Online, if that's your thing. Um, and I thought it was interesting, and I played it a little while ago. Um, and I never played The Sims Online when it was still around, so I never really had any nostalgia for it. So I was like, eh, it's about an average life simulation kind of thing. I don't know. It's pretty, it's pretty average. Um, but what had me interested was somebody from that code that's being used in uh, FreeSO recompiled it to work with the actual main version of The Sims. So basically what that means is right now on the internet you can go download Simitone, um, which is basically a C-sharp engine rewrite of The Sims 1. So it, it basically is a new way to play The Sims on modern computer systems, uh, and it has a slew of great new features um, to make the game more playable and usable on modern PCs. And when I found out about this, I was kind of flabbergasted. This was seriously, like, mind-boggling stuff. Because I love The Sims 1 so much, and I think it struck a good balance between the simplicity and the interesting features. It really kind of feels like the best Sims to just kind of pick up, play for a little bit, and put back down. Which is kind of how I consume my Sims most of the time. Um, and when I found out somebody had put in the work to make it run on Windows 10 with a bunch of new features through Simitone. I was interested I was interested quite a bit, obviously. Um, so I downloaded Simitone the other day, and from Simitone, uh, I booted it up, and I was really surprised to find it has a whole new UI. Um, it runs in native widescreen 1080p, uh, and not only does the new UI look like pretty modern, it like runs more or less flawlessly. There's a couple game-breaking bugs here and there, um, but they're pretty like they're pretty like end-game stuff. Like I guess the fame the fame-related stuff doesn't really work yet. Um, and there's like some other area too that's a little broken. I think it's vacations and fame are like the stuff that's not fully working yet. Um, but everything else is there, and it works so great. Um, and I haven't even talked about the killer feature yet, folks. So. This, these absolute mad lads that are worked on Simitone uh, managed to get the game running in 3D. That's right. You can go on right now and download for free Sims 1, but running in 3D. Um, and I have to say, it's very impressive. So basically, um, the way they did this is they sort of took the sprites for, um, for all the different items in the game. Um, and you can, like, move the camera in a couple different directions in The Sims. So what they did was they took all of those, like, directional views of the sprites, um, like the four directional views of the sprites, and sort of stitched them onto a 3D model, like a, like a sort of blank 3D model that looks roughly like what the object's supposed to be. So, for example, like, you'll, you just basically get a, uh, a chair, right? And the chair is just like a rectangle with four legs and a back and they take the three different views of uh this of this sprite and kind of put them on the 3d model and it doesn't look amazing i'm not gonna lie it, it does the job um but it doesn't look super great it looks it looks okay i would say it makes the game look a, a little worse than the what than the sprites do um, but then you get 3D, which is really impressive. 
Um, but where this really shines is uh, there's been some work done on actual 3D models to replace the ones in the game. Um, and so you can go on right now too to the forums for free SO and download a semitone uh, model refresh, I believe is what it's called. And basically what that does is that replaces these like sort of generated um, pseudo 3D, like stretched 2D sprite onto a 3D model, like kind of eh, models, model, I guess. <laughs> I'm having trouble talking straight today. You can take these sort of like, sort of string together basic 3D models and turn them into real 3D models. Um, so this group of fans on the FreeSO forum have painstakingly recreated a bunch of the Sims 1 classic items with 3D models that match the exact style and look of the original, but it's a 3D model. And this is seriously so impressive. Um, like that iconic red card table chair from Sims 1 is modeled, and it looks so fresh. It literally looks so good. Um, it honestly feels a lot like what I imagine Black Mesa being um, for Half-Life, but for The Sims. And it's seriously so cool. And when you take all these 3D models that people have made and put them into the game, uh, it starts to look more like Sims 1.5 instead of uh, sort of like Sims 1, but messy looking 3D. It's kind of hard to describe. You're going to have to check it out yourself. Um, but hopefully someday these community members working on the Sims 1 um, 3D models pack uh, finish it up and once they do, man, it's going to look so great. Seriously, I've been playing a little bit of this and it's really fascinating stuff. So I definitely recommend uh, you check out Simitone and FreeSO. A great, great way to experience Sims 1 in all of its glory. So next let's talk about Plutonium. Uh, so Plutonium is a fan project to basically bring online multiplayer uh, for some of the classic Call of Duty games into the 21st century. Uh, and of course they all came out in the 21st century, but we won't talk about that. Basically, Call of Duty on PC has always been kind of messy. Uh, some of the games work fine, they work great. Some of them were reliant on old game services to have servers, and those services have since been shut down. Um, so they flat out don't have multiplayer anymore. And some of them just have terrible game engines that are not, like, very well optimized for PC. Um, and basically, uh, the team behind Plutonium sort of stepped in and said, Hey, all these Call of Duty games are great, and we want PC players to be able to play them at as good quality as possible and online with people, no problem. So they got to work, um, and the first game to get added was Black Ops 2. So you can go right now and download Plutonium and play Black Ops 2 multiplayer and Black Ops 2 Zombies for free um, with brand new multiplayer servers that are actually populated, which was the part I was really surprised with. Most of these like fan project games um, sort of have no players or very little players, and it can be hard to find a lobby sometimes. There was probably a good 400 players playing Black Ops 2 multiplayer online this morning when I jumped on. Um, and you can go on and you can play all the classic Black Ops 2 game modes. Uh, you can play Team Deathmatch. You can play Free For All. You can play Search and Destroy. You can play Gun Game, which is why I got into it. Because Gun, gun Game is actually my favorite multiplayer mode of all time. 
in case you folks were unaware. Um, and it's all there and it all works great. Uh, and it's pretty seamless as far as the actual connecting to the game thing works. Basically, you just load into the game through the plutonium launcher. Uh, and when you do, it's just Black Ops 2, but then a little overlay pops up, and it's the plutonium overlay, and that's where you have your server browser. Um, and you can do a command to unlock all of the items in the game, so you don't have to go through and re-unlock them if you played on the 360 and uh, don't feel like grinding your way back up to the top again. Or if you do, you can too. You always have the option to grind back through and get all the stuff. Um, but... Once you do, you can customize your guns and classes and get into some multiplayer matches. Or if you're me, play a shit ton of gun games. Seriously, gun game is so fun. If you don't know what it is, basically you start out with a weapon. And every time you get a kill, you get a new weapon. Uh, and your goal is to kill, uh, kill one person with each weapon um, before anyone else does. And so what you sort of get into is this situation where uh, you are frantically running across the map, sniping one guy with one sniper rifle, then it gives you a different one, and then a different one, and then maybe it'll switch to a pistol, and you'll have to uh, change up your strategy for killing players. It works really well, and you can get into a flow sometimes where you kill someone, you step behind cover for a second while you're getting your new gun switched out, and then you go back out, kill another person, go back into cover. And you can do that like four or five times in a row, and it feels so satisfying. And I've been trying to find a good gun game game on PC for so long. I refuse to play the new Call of Duties. Um, but, like, I've been playing uh, Fistful of Frags gun game. I've been playing Urban Terror gun game, which is another fan project, fan game. Uh, and lots of other games with gun game. Um, but honestly, nothing amounts to the classic Call of Duty Black Ops 2 gun game um, that I kind of got my start on. And playing it again, but on PC, is such a great experience. And there's full servers. Like, I can find... There was, like, two servers this morning with, like, 30 players in them. It was really awesome. Um, and not only do you get the multiplayer for Black Ops 2, you also get the zombies mode. And you can just have your friend download it really quickly and you can play all of the black ops 2 zombie maps for free and so you can play green run you can play origins you can go on there and have as much fun as you want uh, because all the dlc is included and it's free and of course folks that's only scratching the surface because not only do you get black ops 2 multiplayer and zombies you also get modern warfare 3 multiplayer and they just recently updated it like last week to add World at War multiplayer and zombies. It's seriously so fun, and I haven't played Call of Duty on PC before, but it feels so right, and I'm having so much fun uh, getting into it, and the lobbies have tons of toxic people, and they're like, oh, you're trash, no tryhards, please. It's like, it reminds me of those days playing Black Ops 2 uh, to such an extent that it's awesome. And it's gotta be said as well, I did not have as much nostalgia for Black Ops going into... Uh, plutonium as some other people do because as many of you know I was one of those kids that had a Wii and Mario Galaxy while everybody was playing uh, Black Ops 2 and Modern Warfare 2 and Black Ops 1 I was stuck playing Mario Galaxy but whenever I go to my cousin's house we would grind Black Ops 2 multiplayer, Black Ops 2 zombies, Black Ops zombies, Black Ops multiplayer for hours on end and we played through the whole co-op campaign for Modern Warfare 2 in one weekend uh, it was. I have lots of nostalgia for it, but like limited nostalgia. So getting to play it 
truly for the first time and with a keyboard and mouse is a really great experience definitely check out plutonium if you just want to have some good old classic call of duty fun on your pc for free Alright, so now I want to talk about something near and dear to my heart, and that of course being The Elder Scrolls III Morrowind. Um, I've always been a huge Morrowind fan. I love how the game sort of epitomizes like Dungeons and Dragons as a game. Um, the fact that there's all these different stats that actually matter, and it has all this excellent writing and story and character, and all these unique characters, and all these people that fuck you over, I love that so much. The game has characters that legitimately fuck you over and then they just leave and they're like haha deal with it bitch i like a game that's mean to you from time to time and that's exactly what morrowind is i could do a whole podcast episode on just morrowind but today specifically we're talking about fan projects so of course i had to bring up open mw uh, OpenMW is a fan-made engine remake for The Elder Scrolls III Morrowind. Uh, and what that means, uh, in simpler terms, is it lets you play Morrowind in HD on modern machines with zero trouble at much higher frame rates and with much higher compatibility for new mods. Uh, and it's really just excellent. It works so flawlessly, um, and it has all these bug fixes and the game works so smoothly it feels like it feels like Morrowind but released in 2021 it's seriously so great and I've been playing this for years and years and years now through OpenMW uh, and the benefits you get specifically um, are stuff like enhanced graphics um, nothing too crazy, not like MGXE or any like super crazy graphical stuff, um, but you get better water shaders, you get better lighting, um, you can play it on your phone, you can play it in VR, you can play it on PC, Mac, Linux. Uh, thanks to this engine rewrite, wherever you want to play Morrowind, you can, and you can play it in high quality. Um, it supports all the classic Morrowind mods, for the most part, um, as well as introducing a new modding API uh, that makes making mods easier than ever. Um, to the point where I actually got into modding Morrowind through OpenMW just so I could do role-playing stuff with one of my characters. Um, and what I mean by that is I used the OpenMW mod creation suite um, to make a mod for one of my characters where basically not only did I make a house for him, like a player home, um, where I got to place all the chests myself and have them exactly where I wanted. I also made an item in the game, and basically it was my character's journal. And for the role-playing purposes, I would go through and do journal entries as my character, briefly describing what happened during whatever play session um, that I was doing of Morrowind. And I did a huge, pretty lengthy playthrough just like that, and it was so fun. And OpenMW has opened so many doors to me as far as like learning how to mod video games when uh, and being interested in how video games work because I followed a bunch of updates and I remember watching um, as shadows were re-added because for a while they had to remove shadows because they were causing bugs um, and they wanted to re-implement them but in a more uh, beautiful way and they have. Um, and you can seriously turn Morrowind into a modern AAA release 
with OpenMW. Um, and not only that, but it's Morrowind for crying out loud. It's very quirky and hard to pick up if you don't really know what you're doing. Um, but for classic Morrowind players like me, uh, and I even started playing it on the original Xbox of all things, um, it's so great to play Morrowind on a modern PC with no issues and be able to just sort of make it my bitch and make mods for it and exploit it just like I used to back in the day um, and make all these different character builds and revisit all these iconic towns and you can take away the fog like you know how Morrowind had this like massive fog everywhere because you could they, the game only wanted you to be able to see so far um, with some basic engine uh, tweaking and some basic INI uh, modifications you can actually make the game load in more cells at once so you can stand on a high point and you can see way off into the distance and it really makes Morrowind feel epic even more epic than it already is um, the only problem is you don't want to make it load in too many cells so you can see too far away uh, because if you do it kind of starts to make the world look tiny so you want to get like a little bit more than what the regular game did so you can get that better render distance but you don't want to make it too far render distance otherwise you'll be standing in uh You'll be standing in Sedanee and you'll be able to see Vivek. <laughs> and nobody wants to stand in Sedanee. Freaking Sandanee. Sedanee and see Vivek. Um, but Morrowind's such a good game already. And if you folks haven't played it, you should definitely go and check it out through OpenMW. You do have to have a legitimate copy of the game uh, that you can download from illegitimate sources, of course. Or you can just buy it on Steam, download it, and link up your OpenMW files to it. Easy as pie. And did I mention there's multiplayer? That's right, folks. Similarly to how uh, the uh, Call of Duty Plutonium fan project sort of brought multiplayer back to Call of Duty games that had it shut off, uh, this guy actually released a engine... Uh, tweak for OpenMW that allows you to play through Morrowind with a friend. You can play Morrowind with friends. It's so amazing and it's just Morrowind but quest synchronized and you can wander around the world and you can role play with your friends and you can have fun and I really really like it and OpenMW is seriously such a great, great, great tool to have and such a fun way to play Morrowind in 2021. Definitely check out OpenMW. In a past episode of the Switch podcast, I talked about my experiences in getting into PCs, and I talked about the time uh, where I remember vividly my mom first having her uh, Dell PC dropped off by the UPS man, and I remember seeing the big box that was bigger than I was. Uh, and I remember her pulling the whole package out because it came with the tower, it came with the monitor, it came with the keyboard and mouse. Um, setting it up and playing The Sims and another game. Uh, and I have like weird flashback memories to them. Um, and that other game, of course, was Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. Uh, and Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 is seriously such an amazing game. Um, in a similar vein to Morrowind, I used to play it a lot, uh, the classic version and just sort of build amusement parks where I would have... It, it was always pretty basic when I would play as a kid. I would just sort of have a long, straight stretch of path and then dot some buildings along it um, and dot some amusement rides along it. Um, but now as an adult, I can appreciate the complexity and the tools provided by Chris Sawyer, I believe was his name, the guy who made uh, the Roller Coaster Tycoon series. 
Um, and so, of course, me wanting to get back into playing Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, I discovered that as soon as I ran the game, it lowered my monitor's resolution to, like, 480p at most, I believe. Um, and the game was in a little square, and it was blurry. So, of course, I scoured the internet. I found out they released Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic, um, which is sort of like a Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 in one combination game that started out as an iPad kind of game, but then they brought it back to PC. Um, but honestly, I don't know if I trust the devs of the newer Roller Coaster Tycoon games enough to do well with that. Uh, and all of the searches I was doing about Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic were saying if you have a PC, just play Open Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 instead. And Open RCT2 is better in every way. Uh, so, as I've sort of been talking about, Open RCT 2 is a complete engine remake similarly to Open MW for Morrowind, uh, except for Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. And it takes all the best elements from Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 and its DLC and Roller Coaster Tycoon 1 and puts them into one game. Um, and that one game is extremely excellent. Uh, so you get all the assets from all those, uh, from the first and second game and all the DLCs and stuff. Um, and you just kind of get to build amusement parks. The campaign levels from both games have been brought in as well, which is great to see. In addition, they made a sandbox mode, which was something the original two games were lacking. Uh, now you can do custom scenarios and set up a sandbox mode, and it's really excellent. Um, not only that, of course, but it comes with your slew of community content, so you can download more, uh park assets, you can download more rides, you can download pre-made roller coasters, um, you can download all sorts of crazy shit, you can make signs, you can do all this crazy shit, and it's seriously so great, and if it wasn't for Parkitect existing, which Parkitect is a spiritual successor to these classic roller coaster tycoon games, that's an indie game made by a more modern studio, and it looks a little bit more modern as well, um, Open RCT 2 would be the definitive uh, like isometric roller coaster amusement park game. Um, and it still is, in my mind, the best way to play the classic roller coaster tycoon series. Um, and it, it's really, really excellent. I mentioned all that stuff with mods. It also has multiplayer as well added, similarly to OpenMW. Um, so the multiplayer for OpenRCT2 is definitely not the focus, um, but it is there and it's included in the main version, unlike OpenMW. Um, and you can play with your friends. You can have a little amusement park, and you can start it up, and you can build it with your friends. Uh, and the only issues I've run into with it is sometimes you can desync from the other players, and, like, weather effects can be different, or the amount of guests in the park can be slightly different, or maybe it'll be night on one person's game or day on another person's. Um, but otherwise, it works fairly well, and they're still updating it fairly frequently. Um, and likewise with the rest of the game as well. They're keeping... Open RCT2 updated a lot of the time um, and just making it like the best way to play the classic roller coaster tycoon series. So, in a similar vein to OpenMW, uh, if you want to check out the classic game that is Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, you should definitely check out Open RCT2. Um, and of course, you'll need to own Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 Triple Thrill Pack, um, which you can get on GOG for fairly cheap. So, definitely go check out. Open RCT2.
If you know me on a more personal level, or if you've watched this channel for a long time, you probably know that I'm a huge Tony Hawk fan. Uh, when Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2 uh, remastered by the lovely uh, Vicarious Visions came out, I was so excited. I did a full review on this podcast, so definitely go check out that episode. It's a really great one. The episode's called Tony Hawk is Good Again, in all caps. Um, I was so excited, and I was just really happy to see Tony Hawk return. Before then, we were very limited on ways to play Tony Hawk, um, but the way the community still sort of existed and thrived uh, in the absence of new good Tony Hawk games uh, was through a fan project known as Thug Pro. And Thug Pro uh, is a mod for Tony Hawk's Underground 2 on PC um, that adds in a lot of maps um, for many of the other games throughout the series. I'm pretty sure as far as it goes is all of the maps from Pro Skater 1, 2, 3, and 4 are there. Um, all of the maps from Underground 1 and 2 are there. Some from American Wasteland, um, some from Proving Ground, some from Project 8, and even some from the spin-off games like Disney's Extreme Skate Adventure, aka the best Disney licensed game of all time, uh, which ran on the Pro Skater 3, Pro Skater 4 engine, um, has some levels in Thug Pro as well. Um, and Underground 2 used this service called GameSpy, um, which was a early 2000s PC multiplayer server client, um, which has since been shut down. Um, a lot of games used it too, like Battlefront 2, the excellent old one, um, also used open or used games by I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, so included as well with this mod is OpenSpy, uh, which is a replacement for GameSpy that allows you to play online multiplayer in those classic games that have had their server shut down. Um, and so basically what you end up getting with Thug Pro is more or less the ultimate way to free skate high score uh, all these old Tony Hawk levels from most of the series. There's a lot of levels there to play. Um, so you customize your character uh, in the classic Underground, Underground 2, create a character, create a skater engine, um, and you can go shred up these levels in single player by free skating and uh, high score running, or you can go on multiplayer and play all the classic multiplayer uh, game modes on these levels as well, like Trick Attack, High Score, uh, Combo, what else is there? I think there's like Horse as well, Graffiti, King of the Hill. All of these are fully playable on most of the maps from the entire Tony Hawk series. And for the longest time before Pro Skater 1 Plus 2 released, this was the de facto way to play the Tony Hawk series uh, during that time period. Um, there was really nothing coming out as far as Tony Hawk was concerned. It was just some shitty mobile games and stuff like that. And the Activision Tony Hawk license was running out, and it kind of just seemed like it was going to be sold off to some other company that would either sit on it and collect royalties um, from the mobile game, or they would just do nothing with it. Um, and thankfully, that was no longer the case. Activision renewed the license with Tony Hawk, and through Vicarious Visions, um, which since have been reassigned from working on the best remakes I've ever played uh, to working on sports games, fucking Activision, fuck you Activision, um, we now have Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2, 
which is still probably the best way to play those original Pro Skater games, one and two, uh, and its online multiplayer is excellent, um, and its levels are excellent. The only thing you really, the, the only thing that's really missing from the multiplayer for one plus two, as far as I'm concerned, is a server browser. You're kind of just stuck joining random ass games with random ass people. I like that you could host servers for uh, Thug Pro and you could do that kind of thing. Um, but it'd be really great to see some people mod Pro Skater 1 Plus 2 and get some of these levels in as well. Maybe we can have a Thug Pro replacement someday. Um, but for now, if you want to play high score runs or free skate or multiplayer on the classic Tony Hawk maps, anything other than Pro Skater 1 and Pro Skater 2, uh, Thug Pro is the way to go, as they say. Um, you can play all these maps, and you can just have a lot of fun with your friends. And I actually managed to get some friends turned on to the idea of checking out the Tony Hawk series through Thug Pro um, by showing them what it had and what it was like and what the gameplay was like. Um, and I think they were interested in it. I piqued their interest for sure. Um, so if you're even remotely interested in uh, the Tony Hawk series or think you might want to try it, um, the people on the THPS modding forum, I think it's called thpsmods.com, uh, can help you uh, get hooked up with a free copy of Underground 2 and a free download for uh, Tony Hawk Underground Pro, or Thug Pro, if you will. Um, so if you guys want to check out the Tony Hawk series and uh, you've been too afraid to until now, now's definitely the time. Pick up Pro Skater 1 Plus 2 if you want to play a modern one. Pick up Thug Pro if you want to play the classic levels. Uh, and shred up some gnar, baby. Shred up that gnar. Hell yeah. Fucking skate or die, bitches. I've been sweary today. Oh my god. Now, you guys know I don't like JRPGs. But I did grow up playing one, and that one that I played, of course, was Pokemon. I love Pokemon. Um, sorry, I don't know why I'm talking like that. Uh, so Pokemon. Uh, Pokemon Red and Blue on the Game Boy were my first Pokemon games. Um, I've always loved the series, except for the new games. I'm kind of a Gen 1-er, but for Gen 2, if that makes any sense. Pokemon fans will understand. Um, Gen 2 is my favorite gen. I have the most nostalgia for Gen 3 because I was old enough to remember it a little more. Um, but, that being said, I love the early Pokemon games. Um, and this next fan project, Nintendo, if you're listening to this, please, I, I, this doesn't exist, I'm just joking, um, is called Pokey MMO. And Pokey MMO is basically a full engine replacement, similarly to OpenMW and OpenRCT2, um, for some of the different Pokemon games. Um, and so that means basically you can play through, I believe, Gen 1, uh, Gen 3, Gen 4, and Gen 5, I believe. I think that's the ones it supports. Right now it does not support uh, the uh, freaking Johto region for some reason. I'm sure it's coming down the line. Um, That'll probably be next, honestly. But they just added support for uh, fucking Sinnoh. So that's pretty hype. And basically what Pokey MMO is, is if the name didn't already trip you off, it's an online multiplayer Pokemon game. 
and of course what that means is you can play through the the gym badge challenges for all those regions I mentioned and you'll see other players just like yourself out in the wild catching Pokemon battling each other battling the gym leaders all standing around near the water fishing for different Pokemon um, fighting Team Rocket in, in, in the in the in Sifco and all those other company buildings that they take over throughout the series um, you can see them on cycling road riding their bikes and that's just in Gen 1 you can see them in the cave fighting freaking uh, Team Magma members in, in the Hoenn region. There's lots of different shit you can do. Um, all the stuff you can do in Gen 1, Gen 3, Gen 4, and Gen 5 is available for you to do in this game. Online, multiplayer. Um, and you can create little parties too and go through the regions together with your friends, which is really cool. If I had more friends that actually played this, I would totally do that. Um, but what's really alluring to me is it has cross-platform multiplayer between PC and Android. I don't know if there's an iOS version or not. I don't think there is due to how it would have to work. Um, but at least if you have a PC um, and you have an Android phone or if you have multiple Android devices like a smart TV that runs Android or a tablet that runs Android, um, you can synchronize your progress through the regions on each device. Um, and as far as I understand, each region you get to carry your Pokemon through. I don't really know how that works because I haven't quite made it that far yet. Um, but you can do it. And this is just a really great way to play some of those earlier Pokemon games, especially multiplayer. And the fact that they're in HD, and like in the sense that the sprites are the same as the gens they're from, but it fills the entire screen. So instead of seeing like the Game Boy size screen, like you would on an emulator um, or like having to see two screens for the, the region that takes place on the DS I believe which is Sinnoh and Unova you actually just see your full screen monitor or your phone um, filled up with the entire game which is kind of an amazing thing to see I wish more games would get sort of like a a whole region like I wish more games would get like the full screen treatment like Super Mario World um, full screen would be so cool, um, but that's one of the biggest features for this in my eyes that nobody really talks about. Um, that and the fact that you can cross-save bef between your phone and your computer, um, and a bunch of other devices. It's really, really awesome. It's really, really simple to get started. Basically, you just need a, a small handful of ROMs, um, depending on which regions you want to play and what little bonus features you want. Like you can you can put Heart Gold and Soul Silver in there, and it'll let you have follower Pokemon, which is really awesome. Um, there's lots of neat little features. There's online competitive battling. Um, there's like Pokemon uh, selling, so you can go shiny hunting in this, and then you can sell the Pokemon to people, um, which is really cool. Um, there's like a lots of social stuff. They do events. It's a really active community, and it's a really good community. A lot of the people on there are in other languages, um, but when you do find other English players, it's really excellent. And the way they sort of brought over the gameplay is really good, too. I remember I, I've played this for a long time as well, um, and around when it first came out, it just had Kanto and uh, Hoenn, and when that was the case... Um, 
the battling was like kind of weird. It's still not quite to the quality of regular Pokemon. It's more like Pokemon Showdown. Um, each battle, but there are some animations now, which is really nice to see, and the game feels a little more alive. Um, but before, it was just kind of like two static Pokemon, and you'd click attack, and then the health bar would go down, and there wouldn't be any animation or anything. I'm glad they managed to implement some moves, like animations and stuff. There's not a ton of them, and you see a lot of repeats, um, but either way, it's really cool still. And just being able to play these multiple regions and going in between them is excellent. Um, and don't let people tell you otherwise, this is hands down the best Pokemon MMO available uh, as far as fan games and projects go. Um, I know there's like Pokemon Online and a couple other ones, and all those have like their own custom region and like their own custom graphics. But let's be honest, folks, you want to play the real Pokemon, and this is the real Pokemon, but online multiplayer. It's all there. I'd say the biggest drawback to PokeMMO is the fact that you're not able to catch the legendaries. They wanted to make the legendaries seem important still. So basically what happens for the legendaries is on a server, which I believe there's like four servers, um, only one player at a time can have any given legendary. And if you log off, you lose the legendary. And if you're beaten in battle, whoever beats you in the battle takes the legendary. And what that sort of does is it makes it so... When the servers start up, right, you go hunt the legendaries like normal in the game. Um, and once you get them, you hold on to them. And there's basically battle, constant battles going on because you can be challenged by any player. Um, and I, th I don't know for sure if you have to accept. I'd imagine you'd have to accept the duels. I'm pretty sure you do. Um, and it's like this constant struggle to see who can hold which legendary for the longest amount of time. It's pretty cool, but at the same time, you don't quite get to the same point as you do in other Pokemon games where your party's like half legendaries, um, half other Pokemon that you've had your entire journey, which is part of what I really liked about Pokemon. So I'd say that's probably the biggest drawback, but otherwise, if you have an Android device and a PC or anything in between and you want to play some uh, HD classic Pokemon games online with multiplayer with your friends, definitely check out PokeMMO. It's a great way to experience those earlier Pokemon games. And I didn't even mention there's mods. You can download graphics mods. You can download graphics mods and make them, like, make the battles 3D and everything. It's really, really cool. While we're on the topic of Nintendo, I wanted to talk about something that's maybe a little hard for me to admit. So, I talked about this quite a bit in my Super Mario 3D All-Stars video, um, so if you want to, or I guess podcast, so if you want to hear more about my thoughts about this in general, definitely go check out that podcast. I believe the episode's called Hyrulean Steel's like, you can see a preview if you listen to the preview called Hyrulean... Nintendo Steals Hyrulean's Money, that's what it's called. Um, but basically, Super Mario 3D All-Stars dropped the fucking ball so hard in terms of what it could have been. Everyone, and I mean everyone, wanted a HD remaster of Super Mario 64 with Mario Odyssey graphics. Um, specifically, the part of... Uh, Mario Odyssey after you beat the game and you get the bonus kingdom they wanted the game to look like that and 
I really want the game. I, I want that game, too. That sounds amazing. Um, unfortunately, ooh, I got a text message. Unfortunately, Super Mario 3D All-Stars is not that. Uh, it was sort of just three Mario games haphazardly stapled together. Um, widescreen shoe, shoehorned into Super Mario Sunshine. Thankfully, they updated it and added uh, GameCube controller support, which was nice. But otherwise, Mario Odyssey, or not Mario Odyssey, Mario Galaxy was unchanged. Mario 64 had a couple upgraded sprites. That's it. That's all they did. Um, and the next fan game I'm going to tell you about is going to make you see that it really was just truly lazy of Nintendo to release that pack of three games for $60. So our next fan project, fan game, is called Super Mario 64 Plus. And this is a rather recent release. Um, basically, Super Mario 64 Plus is the definitive version of Mario 64 um, in every single way. It has widescreen support. It has 60 FPS support. It has modernized controls in the best way. So you can toggle a lot of these things, too, in the settings if you want to get a more traditional Mario 64 experience. I just want to throw that out there. Um, it has analog control for the camera, so you can move the camera freely instead of having the three preset camera angles. And I was skeptical about this, but it actually works pretty damn well. Um, not only that, but you can also toggle some moves from later Mario games. Like, you can make Mario have his slide, his slide hop where he, like, slides and hops and slides and hops from Mario Sunshine. Uh, you can make him have his ground pound bounce from Mario Odyssey. Um, and there's some other stuff as well. Basically, this modder who made Super Mario 64 Plus took everything that Nintendo should have done for Mario 64 in the Super Mario 3D All-Stars collection and did it. Um, and not to mention, this is built off of the recently released PC uh, Super Mario 64 Decompile Project code, which if you don't know what that was, basically um, some hackers, some clever hackers and reverse engineers um, were trying to reverse engineer the source code for Super Mario 64. And for those of you who aren't tech-savvy tech enough to really know what that means, basically... Um, what reverse engineering the code does is it gives you, as a reverse engineer person slash hacker, um, access to the entirety of the code of a game. And it's less like you're like stripping it out of the game. It's more like you're figuring out how to do it, like how to recreate it. Um, and it's sort of like similar to how engine rewrites work. Like OpenMW does the same kind of thing not quite the same but it's similar um and it's very good for learning how games are developed it's very educational and that's all the goal of the super mario 64 decompile project and other such decompiling projects for like ocarina of time and uh star fox 64 are also doing um but once they reverse engineer that code and find some code that'll actually work to make the game run um they release it so people can study it and learn from it um and some clever people came in after the super mario 64 decompile project was finished and managed to recompile the code and make a native pc version of mario 64 um 
and that native PC version supports widescreen. It supports up to 4K resolution, um, and with some minor tweaking, it can even run like texture mods. It can run widescreen. It can it natively supports Xbox controllers out of the box. You don't even have to map them; they just work, which is excellent, um, and a whole slew of other features. So basically, the modder who made Super Mario 64 Plus took that PC version of Mario 64 that was created by the decompiling, the decompiled code, and they souped it up, gave it some nice quality of life PC features, including permadeath, which I forgot to mention. You can do like a one life Mario 64 run through this if you want to. And they made what's essentially the definitive version of Mario 64. And the only thing that could make this version of Mario 64 better is if it had some of the extra content that was added in uh, Super Mario 64 DS. But, as it turns out, somebody's already done that as well. So you can download this other project as well and add it onto your Super Mario 64 Plus installation. Uh, And this project's called Render 96. Um, And it'll add a bunch of content from Super Mario 64 DS to your game as well. So you can play as all the other characters, you can play the little bit of extra level content-wise stuff they have. Um, Basically, some of the those extra features thrown into Mario 64 DS that made it special um, are now running on the regular version of Mario 64, but on PC in all its glory. Um, and the Render 96 project as well is also focused on trying to give Mario 64 a graphical overhaul. Um, basically, the reason it's called Render 96 is because in the promotional material for Mario 64, it had a very distinct rendered art style, which if you've seen the ads in in old Nintendo Powers or pictures of them online, go and look it up. Um, just look up Mario 64 promotional art, and you'll see like weirdly high-quality like models of Mario for the ads. Um, those were sort of like the inspiration for this art, for this Render 96 uh resource texture pack for Mario 64 on PC. They wanted to make the game actually look like the promotional material um, by giving Mario like a similar 3D model that's really high quality and giving other characters the same treatment and upping the texture quality and all this stuff. I'm not a super huge fan of the way it looks. It looks really, really good, but I kind of prefer the original because of the fact that it's the original. But I tell you what, you should definitely check out Render 96 for the Mario 64 DS content alone. It looks and plays excellent, and it plays even better if you run it through Super Mario 64 Plus. What a great way to play Mario 64. (laughs) Nintendo, you're slacking, you're slacking. I just hope that someday they'll finish the Ocarina of Time decompilation, decompilation project. Um, they've been kind of scared off because Nintendo's been trying to sue the people who finished the Mario 64 one. So I think progress on the Ocarina of Time decompilation is kind of halted. But how great it would, how great would it be if there was a PC version of Ocarina of Time as well that ran just as well as the Mario 64 decompiled version does? That would be so epic. Oh. So our last game of the night I want to highlight here, folks, is one that's not technically a, like, 
remake or um, like a fan game based on another game or anything like that. Um, this one's sort of more of a spiritual successor, I guess you could say, um, but it still is in the works and it's still showing lots of promise. So I wanted to talk about it while it was early days for it. Um, and that, of course, is Velerin. Um, so if you folks have been around the internet for a while, you might remember the the little known game called Cube World. Um, and if you don't know Cube World, basically Cube World is um, sort of like a voxel cube based procedurally generated world um, with dungeons and quests and uh, monsters to fight and loot to gather and stuff like that. It's supposed to sort of be like a procedurally generated voxel based version of The Legend of Zelda. And there's, like, different classes to play, and you go dungeon crawling, and you can uh, team up with your friends and explore the world. And it was it was a very ambitious game. Um, and I believe around 2013 was when the first, like, early release version came out. Um, maybe even earlier than that. Uh, and a lot of people loved Cube World. Um, it showed a lot of promise. It was really, really excellent. Um, and it was very, very early days for Cube World, but um, when they put up the beta on the website and they asked people for a little bit of money to jump onto the beta and that money would go towards developing the game uh, people jumped on it and a lot of youtubers at the time were covering it and it was kind of a big deal um and about four months into the in initial release period of cube world uh the two developers the husband and wife that were working on it um just went radio silent um they started only really updating people on the game's progress like maybe once a month or once every other month and then eventually it cut down to even less than that it was like nothing it was complete dead air no updates on either of their twitters or on their website um, just nothing to be seen or heard um, and for the longest time the game was still up and available to purchase the beta for um but they hadn't posted an update for the game and, like, any development news for, like, a year. And people were not really sure what to think. Um, so eventually they did pull the game off the website and issue an apology and say that they were working on the game. Um, it was just going to take some more time. Um, and for now, to be safe and to not be misleading, they were just going to pull the game off the website. Um, which was kind of a good sign and it gave people a little bit of hope. Um, but then two more years passed with absolutely nothing. Uh, and so basically, uh, eventually they did end up releasing a couple more like bits of information. And then all of a sudden, randomly one day, they're like, all right, it's coming out on Steam in June. And they released a release date trailer and they made a Steam page for it. And all of a sudden, June was here and plop, it came out on Steam version 1.0 of Cube World. Um, and it was like 30 something dollars versus like the 10 that was the original or 15 or 20 or something cheaper. Um, and it was finally out and it was fully out. It was 1.0. Um, and people were so hyped to see this game actually released, they were like just blown away. And all the people who bought the early version got Steam keys for free, and everything was good. Until um, people booted up the new Cube World and realized that it was it was definitely updated, but not for the better. Everything that they added to Cube World, the fans of the game kind of considered 
not great. Um, they implemented a lot of new features that either like didn't work properly or just made the game flat out worse. They added some limitations to some things that players really enjoyed. Um, and overall, the final version of Cube World was just kind of not what people expected. It was more complete, not as complete as people were expecting, but at least it was more complete than the beta people have been playing since 2013. Um, and it was out. And they said that there would be updates, but of course, those developers didn't really have the best track record for posting updates. Uh, and shortly after the launch of Cube World, everybody kind of deemed it a failure, and the Cube World saga uh, was officially laid to rest. And it was kind of just left as a disappointment. <laughs> it was kind of awful, honestly. I was so excited because I've been watching YouTubers play that game when it came out, and I had been following the whole story of like no updates and everything. And then an update came out randomly one day, and we were like, whoa! And then it came out, and it was trash. It really, really sucked, um, but there was a light in the distance in the form of Velerin. Um, so shortly after the Cube World 1.0 release, a group of Cube World fans in the community uh, decided to start working on Velerin. And Velerin is sort of a spiritual successor to Cube World. It has a lot of the same elements, uh, procedurally generated worlds, uh, towns, quests, dungeons, loot, different classes, um, sort of like a similar art style too you can tell it's it's more or less a cube world ripoff but the difference is um velerin is made by the community uh it's open source which means the code's viewable and editable to anyone so in the events that the main developers decided to just abandon the project somebody else could just pick it up right where it's left off no pain no foul um but that's not what's actually happening. They're actually releasing weekly updates or monthly updates for this bitch. And there's actual people playing it and it's actually being developed. Uh, the coding language being used to make it is Rust. Um, and Rust is kind of like a coding language that's slowly being adopted by more and more things. It's really, really fascinating. Rust is a cool language. Um, and if it was a little more practical for today's day and age, I definitely would want to learn it. I might just learn it for fun sometime. Um, since I don't really have any proper reasons to learn any specific programming languages anymore. Um, but needless to say, Velerin is here, and it's shaping up to be the cube world that we deserved. Um, there's lots of great stuff happening. They've, they have an early access release you can download right now for free. It's going to be a forever free game. Um, and the reason for that, of course, is the people who worked on it uh, felt burned by Cube World, and they know people already paid for Cube World and were disappointed by it, so they just want to give this to the community because they deserve it. Um, and that was actually, I believe, what they said in their blog post on the first developer release I remember reading, so that's pretty awesome of them. Um, and since Velerin's been in release, like early release form, it's gotten rewards for like being the most anticipated upcoming. Uh, fan game community game indie game open source game um, and it has a lot of hype around it for good reason um, and they're doing lots of good stuff I occasionally jump on probably once every three months or so to see how it's going um, and every time I jump on it feels more and more solid um, this last time I jumped on I went and checked out one of the new dungeons added um, but unfortunately I 
think that the events for the dungeons aren't quite there yet. It's still fairly early days. You can wander the wilderness and kill monsters and like NPCs in the wilderness. You can take some basic quests. You can tame animals like you could in Cube World. Um, and you can go into the towns and there's some basic stuff going on in the towns. But right now it's very early days for Valorant. Definitely a game you want to sleep on and wait till it's more finished. But I wanted to talk about it nonetheless because I feel like a lot of people know about Cube World, but like no one knows about Valorant's existence. And Valorant really is like a passion project for the people working on it. Um, and I'm just really glad that they uh, are working on it and hopefully it'll come out someday and it'll be exactly what all these Cube World fans, myself included, deserve. Uh, but Valorant's really neat. Definitely go check out their website. Uh, and that's it for our last game, folks. Let's talk about a conclusion really quick. Uh, no transition or anything. So out there, there are lots of different fans for lots of different games working on tons of projects, trying to make either their game that they already have been playing even better, make a new game based off of one of the games they liked playing, or making a game that they used to play a ton of playable again on modern operating systems. It's a lot of work, uh, but it just shows the dedication of the community um, when sometimes these community members can do better things um, than actual AAA studios are willing to do. Uh, they can give the fans what they want. They can do things AAA developers can't do. Um, it really is awe-inspiring how many of these like open-source fan projects there are, how many of these fan projects in general, even the closed-source ones. They're all impressive, um, and it's really neat to see. And there's way more than I talked about in this video, in this podcast, I should say. I don't know why I keep saying that. There's way more than I talked about in this podcast. I even briefly name-dropped OpenTTD, but I didn't talk about it. That's perhaps one of the most popular open-source games of all time. And it's on Steam, so go check that one out. Um, it's not exactly my cup of tea. That's why I didn't talk about it. Um, great game nonetheless. Uh, and there's many, many, many more. I probably am going to finish recording this episode and think, fuck, I should have talked about this game on there. Um, so maybe I'll do a follow-up someday if I find some more games to talk about. But those are some of my more uh, recent and overall favorite um fan projects across a variety of genres, a variety of types of games. Um, I didn't even talk about Doom. I said earlier GZ Doom. GZ Doom is an excellent way to play the original uh, couple Doom games as well. Um, shit, there's seriously so much to talk about, and I have so many ideas, and I didn't even talk about all of them. Um, but definitely, guys, any of these fan games, fan projects sound interesting to you. Go check them out. I need people to play Plutonium COD Zombies with. Please. I want to play Plutonium Black Ops 2 Zombies. Come on, anyone. Message me. I will play Black Ops 2 Zombies with anyone. I want to play Green Run. I want to ride the bus. I want to go to the diner. I want to go to the power plant. I want to go to the nuclear whatever. I want to turn on the power. I want to freaking go to the town. I want to do the pack-a-punch machine. I want to play Black Ops Zombies with someone. Nobody's playing. Please play. Play the games with me. Oh my god. But yeah, there's a more regular podcast for you guys. Um, I'm glad that we can move on from the... Uh, the events of the previous episode. Um, at the time of this podcast being uploaded, I will have done my second interview already for this job as well, and I will already know if I did or did not get the job. 
Um, so that'll be interesting to see. This is only like my first or second application, so I'm perfectly fine with this one not going the way I want it to because I have plenty of other jobs I've still applied to. Um, but either way, by the next episode, I should be able to tell you guys what's going on with that. Um, interesting times, lots of games to play, lots of fun to be had, um, and I hope you folks will stay followed to this podcast and join me for the wild ride ahead. Um, it's been it's been a good one, folks. Thanks for listening. Follow me on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, wherever else podcasts can be found. And hey, have a great day. Peace out, hombres. Okay, was that racist? Shit. <laughs>